Hello and welcome to the East Baltimore Graffiti Church's podcast. We are so excited to have you join us today. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at ebgraffitichurch at gmail.com or you can check us out on our website at ebgraffitichurch.org. Acts chapter 8 verses 25 through the end of the chapter. This morning we are going to spend a little bit of time in the Word of God uh, talking about baptism. As a matter of fact, as we uh, begin here uh, this morning uh, in the Word of God, we have uh, three members of Graffiti Church. We use members loosely here as we are in the middle of church. We are in the beginning stages of church formation here. Um, but Selena Carasquillo, Squillo, yes, okay, <laughs> Olin McClendon, and Barry Scott, Barry Wilson, Barry S. Scott Wilson, yes, something about Barry's name, I like to say his whole name. These three have either, uh, are affirming their faith, their salvation in Jesus Christ today in believer's baptism, so you know, they know that they are obeying Christ that they are making their identification with Jesus Christ, like we talked about in Romans chapter 6 just two weeks ago. Um, In that beautiful passage, um, the writer Paul is talking more about our identification with Jesus as believers than he is about baptism, but he makes that, he uses baptism as that example. And so these three believers have surrendered their lives. They are followers of Jesus Christ. And following the sermon this morning, um, they will follow in obedience to Christ and believers' baptism. Amen? Amen. Hey, uh, sometimes, and I'll try to do this without being silly, especially because we're on TV. uh, Sometimes I wonder, at the age of 55, I never in my wildest dreams thought I would be pastoring and preaching in a Boone Street alley off of Greenmount Avenue behind barbed wire. I guess I didn't need to say that part. With the most, amen, with the most precious people I've ever been around in my life. Amen? amen. Yes, you are. Uh, sometimes, uh, even when I'm alone, maybe I'm just getting silly because I'm getting old, but um, Sometimes it just brings me to tears with the remembering what God has allowed us to do in serving him together and to experience. Recently, we've experienced a lot of death and loss in our community. But the Holy Spirit said today is a celebration of life. Amen. Amen. Today is a celebration of new life. Today is a celebration of eternal life. Amen. Amen. So... Uh, either I read that in the Bible or the Holy Spirit said it to me or I just made it up. But I am certain that that is what God wanted me to hear this morning. Acts chapter 8, starting in verse 25, I'll read the passage. So when they had solemnly testified and spoken the word of the Lord, they started back to Jerusalem and were preaching the gospel to many villages of the Samaritans. But an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Get up! and go south to the road that descends from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he got up and he went, and there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. And he had come to Jerusalem to worship. 
and he was returning and sitting in his chariot and was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the spirit said to Philip, go up and join the chariot. Philip ran up and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and said, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, well, how could I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of scripture that he was reading was this. He was led as a sheep to slaughter and as a lamb before its shearers is silent, so he does not open his mouth. In humiliation, his judgment was taken away. Who will relate his generation? For his life is removed from the earth. This is a great account in the word of God. Verse 34, the eunuch answered Philip and said, please tell me of whom does the prophet say this, of himself or of someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning from the scripture, he preached Jesus to him. As they went along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, water, that entertains me greatly, what prevents me from being baptized? And Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he ordered the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip as well as the eunuch, and he baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away, and the eunuch no longer saw him, but went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azotus, and as he passed through, he kept preaching the gospel to all the cities until he came to Caesarea. May God bless the reading of his word this morning. So this morning, what we're going to see here in this passage briefly is a divine appointment, a direct presentation of the gospel, and a spirit-filled decision for Jesus Christ. We're to see these three things. There's one thing we see about Philip right away. Before the Holy Spirit snatches him up and sends him to preach to the eunuch, He's already preaching the gospel in all the villages of the Samaritans. Remember the Samaritans. I'm going to talk a little bit about racism. They were Jews who married outside of their race. Therefore, they were hated by the Jews. And yet, Jesus had a lot to say about that. And here is Philip preaching the gospel in Samaritan villages. Amen. So he's preaching the gospel, but we see a divine appointment. Uh, this eunuch, who was an Ethiopian, was a very important man in his, um, in his culture. He had, been, he had come from, uh, um, use your words, Charlie, he had come from northern Sudan, which is all the way down uh, at the end of the Sinai Peninsula with the uh, uh, border of, uh, uh, currently of Egypt. This guy came all the way from Sudan. Now, a lot of times when the Bible refers to Ethiopians, they're simply referring to Africans. This African man from northern Sudan traveled over a thousand miles to Jerusalem to worship. Some say he was a converted Jew. Obviously, he was a man of means. He, was, he had a, a, a title. He had respect. 
He was right under the queen who had entrusted him with all of her riches. Uh, so we have this Ethiopian who's leaving worship, heading down towards Gaza, and the Holy Spirit divinely places Philip in his path. You know, you and I, we have divine appointments in our lives. Uh, I believe, and so should you because the Bible tells us to, I believe in spiritual warfare. Uh, I believe that we as believers, we can be oppressed by evil, but we cannot be uh, possessed by evil. But I believe that every day we wake up and we do spiritual battle. Some days I do well. Some days I struggle. Some days I fail. Nevertheless, the Holy Spirit who fills all believers was at work here. John reminds us in John chapter 16, it is the Holy Spirit who convicts people of sin and judgment and righteousness. Therefore, if any man or woman has become a follower of Jesus Christ, it is because the Holy Spirit compelled you and convicted you of your sin, thus making Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 true. For we are saved by grace through faith, not of ourselves, not of works. Uh, it is a gift of God so that no man can boast. In Romans, we have the repeated theme as we continue through the book of Romans. It says the free gift of grace. The free man is justified. A woman is justified, made right, acquitted, right? The legal term um, um, by grace through faith. But he says that free gift of grace, but compelled, convicted and convinced by the Holy Spirit, divine appointment. A man or a woman does not come to know Christ unless God, through the Holy Spirit, has called him or her to salvation. Um, the Bible uh, just teaches us that. And praise God, because each and every one of us has a story, right? Pastor Taylor says that in his book, Upside Down Devotion, everyone has a story. A lot of times you'll hear people say history is his story, right? All of history is God's story and he gives us a place in it for the short time that we are here, but also for eternity. Amen? Amen. So this eunuch, this Ethiopian eunuch from North Africa who had traveled, or, or from the Sudan, had traveled all the way up to Jerusalem to worship. This man or something else we see here about this divine appointment. He was seeking God in a true way. Now, he was worshiping in Jerusalem, which means he was worshiping with the Jews. Uh, who believed in God, who taught the prophets, whose father was Abraham, uh, who believed in Moses, believed in God, the Ten Commandments, but did not believe that Jesus was their Savior. Yet this man, this Ethiopian eunuch, was seeking God. Um, so we see this divine appointment. Uh, and I would say if you are someone who is seeking God and you do not yet know Christ as your Savior, keep seeking God. Keep seeking God. Say, God, in all your truth, if you are God, reveal yourself to me in truth, capital T, because God will honor that prayer. Um, I, there was a time in my life when I was a dishonest person, and I knew I was dishonest, and I was in places I should not have been doing, things I should not have been doing, and I remember I prayed this prayer, Lord, if you spare my life tonight, and there were some of those nights, if you spare my life tonight, Lord, just help me be honest, God. 
Because right now, I, I want to do these cruddy things I'm doing, but I know better. And it was kind of like what we used to call punk prayers. But in another way, it, it, it was like me. It was my weird attempt at trying to be honest with God. But somewhere along the line, because through the Holy Spirit, I got honest with God in my life. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'll take just a moment. If you have the opportunity today, I want you to meet my friend John Edwards. He's sitting in the back. Uh, his uh, grandson Michael is with him this morning. I've been I've been clean for third. I lose track. I'm getting old. 33 years. Uh, when I was 22 years old in 1987, that was when um, I found myself a pretty sad guy addicted to cocaine and alcohol, and I didn't want it to stay that way. And I went to my first AA meeting. I knew John, uh, his kids and I, uh, we all grew up together. They were good friends, best, they were best friends with my parents. But John was my first and only, by the way, my first and only sponsor that I've ever had in my own personal recovery. I didn't know John was coming this morning. Brother, I'm thrilled <laughs> that you and Michael are here today. I'm thrilled. If John was my sponsor, I would call him, but he would say, Charlie, don't call me after you've done something stupid. <laughs> he said, call me before, and, and maybe we can work something out, you know? Matter of fact, he said, I'll tell you what you do, Charlie. If you want to take a drink, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take this. It was like a, a, a wooden AA coin. I said, I, I want you to take this and put it in your mouth, and if it melts, you can have a beer. <laughs> uh, John... Uh, yeah, we went to old school AA. <laughs> old school. I know, right? Right. But I'm saying divine appointments. My relationship with John, all those years of growing up with his kids, um, and their dad becomes my sponsor, who knows Jesus Christ and gave me good direction in my life, along with others, with my dad and my pastor. But again, there are these people that the Holy Spirit will place in your life to encourage you, assist you, love you, sometimes just to be there for you. Divine appointments. So this divine appointment is well underway. But what you see here, here's another thing God does. There's a, a direct message, a, a direct presentation of the gospel. When someone um, shares the gospel or you're going to share the gospel, this is a great way to think about this. He says in verse... Um, Oh, by the way, I got to do this, y'all. says, then the Spirit said to Philip, go up and join. Philip ran up. I think the chariot was moving. I think dude was reading the chariot was moving, and Philip had to run to catch up to him, running beside. Dude, what are you reading? I'm telling you, I, he said he ran up, so I don't know. I, I, if that's not the case, I like that anyway. Um, but he had to run up to him. So sometimes it's not easy to share the gospel with people, right? But he says... And listen to this. He heard the man reading Isaiah chapter 53. Um, you guys will hear me preach this around Easter. I, I get all excited about it. It's one of my favorite chapters in the Old Testament. And, and he says, well, how could I? Philip says, do you understand it? Do you understand? Here's what the Holy Spirit does. There's a direct presentation of the gospel. And the Holy Spirit is providing understanding to the eunuch through Philip. Now, God will provide understanding to you with a message of salvation or for spiritual growth in your life, but he will always do it through his word and through his Holy Spirit. And that's what we see here. So, he says, the eunuch, uh, obviously an educated man or at least a wise guy, let's say that, a wise person, 
How could I understand unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip up into the chariot with him. Somewhere along the line, you and I became or become willing to hear what God has to say. Hey, friend, tell me more. Each one of the men and women being baptized today at some point in their lives said, Hey, someone, friend, person, tell me more. And so he goes to Isaiah chapter 53 and he reads it. And this is all about Jesus, about 700 years before Christ was born. And it talks about the crucifixion of Christ and that God was pleased to crush his own son for your salvation and mine because God loves you so much. That Jesus was led as a sheep to the slaughter, a lamb before its shearers. In humiliation, his judgment was taken away. This is... This is heart-wrenching, gut-wrenching stuff. This is what Jesus Christ did for you and me, and it was prophesied over 700 years before he was born. So the eunuch says this. He's reading this, you know, following. This is after the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, right? Book of Acts. And he says, of whom is the scripture saying? Him, is he talking about himself or of someone else? That was all Philip had to hear. Philip said, it's on now, y'all. <laughs> Here, because this, this is what Philip, Philip opened his mouth and beginning from the scripture, he preached Jesus. If anybody preaches anything else to you other than Jesus, they're not preaching the gospel. They might be a nice person. They might give you a good word. They might encourage you a little bit, but they're not preaching the gospel. When we share the gospel, we must say, I must say, friend, the Bible says and share the gospel because i love you and care about you the bible says yeah. well pastor i love chris rock that ain't right you know people don't understand well pastor how could that be um yeah i shouldn't do that okay <laughs> so but from the scriptures philip shared the gospel a direct gospel presentation sometimes we are called to be bold and the details are very important we must tell people about jesus born of a virgin all god all man suffered on our behalf loves us died on the cross was buried raised again on the third day conquering sin and death that's what philip preached to the eunuch so we have we have this divine appointment we have a direct we have a direct um, gospel presentation by the way, it's really cool. Some of you have heard me say this. I've never been to Israel, but if you do your little map thingy in your head, Diane and I had a cool opportunity several years ago. Um, we flew into Cairo and we met our daughter. Um, we didn't even sleep. We, we changed our clothes and went to the train station. We got on a train and did the Upper Egypt tour, which means we went south on a train overnight for about nine, eight or 900 miles. It took all night. One of the coolest things I've ever done in my life was to get on a train in one of those old sleeper cars and sleep on a train and, and you know, the tracks and, it's, and to wake up and look out the window and it's the Nile River and the farmers. But so we did it on a train and we slept through most of the trip at night. This guy was doing it in a chariot getting back home. This is how much this guy wanted to hear from the Lord. He was seeking God. So he was making that trip all the way down through the desert, Sinai Peninsula, all the way down to the border at uh, uh, Abu Simbel, Aswan, Luxor, Abu Simbel, all the way down. 
And if you, the terrain is, is like, it's nothing but desert. We got on a bus on uh, another trip down, a different trip. We got on a bus uh, and the bus broke down in the middle of the desert. And they literally told us we all had to get off the bus and another bus was coming to get us. And I said, this is a little sketchy, y'all, right? <laughs> and so nobody else cared. Um, I don't think anybody else was even speaking English, right? So uh, it was 115 degrees. It was 115 degrees. <laughs> 40 or 50 of us get off the bus with our bags. With our bags. We're going down to a resort on the Red Sea, so we got our swimming trunks in the bag and everything, right? And we stood in the desert for a couple, I don't know, maybe an hour waiting for the other bus to come. But there was this time period where our bus was towed away and there was no bus in sight. And we were standing in the middle of the wilderness of Zin where the Israelites wandered around for 40 years. And I said, oh, Lord, don't leave us here. I, I don't have enough years. I don't have enough years left. But it's a true story. That really happened. So, so. This guy, this was truly a divine appointment. This guy had a tough trip ahead of him on the way home. And so direct gospel presentation. And then we see, um, then we see the decision starting in verse um, 36. He says, as they went along the road, they came to the water. And, you know, the Jews baptized um, the mikvahs, the baptism pools, throughout the course of their history, and it really was to symbolize cleansing from sin. There is the oldest uh, Jewish synagogue in Baltimore City, I can't remember its name, shame on me, right downtown near the Helping Up Mission. And they still have the old mikvahs down in the basement and they do tours and you can see the old baptism pools. This was not a foreign concept to Jewish people. And yet, um, the eunuch is going to be baptized in the name of Jesus. Amen. So the scripture is preached. Look, water, the eunuch says, what prevents me from being baptized? Now, we don't do evangelism correctly unless we do what Philip does here. Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. Philip called him to a point of crisis, a point of crisis in his faith journey. Here is the response. I believe, pistuo, put my faith, is what that really means. I put my faith that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Amen? Then he ordered the chariot to stop. He got down and he got baptized. So you say, Pastor, what's the big deal about baptism? Last thing that Jesus says in the book of Matthew to the believers before he goes to heaven following his resurrection. You guys uh, will be familiar to Matthew 28, 19 and 20. No good Baptist would leave this out of his message. Amen. <laughs> That's right. And so go therefore, Jesus said to his disciples and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You know, in Matthew chapter 3, when Jesus himself was baptized, Jesus did not need to acknowledge sin. He was perfect. But what Jesus did do was set the example for you and for me. And you saw or you heard Jesus went down to be baptized. John said, no, I shouldn't. You should baptize me. Jesus says, cut it out. You know, you got to baptize me. And so he does. 
but you see the Holy Spirit descending like a dove, so a physical appearance of the Holy Spirit, the voice of God audibly, this is my Son in whom I am well pleased. So we have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit involved in baptism here. So lastly, we are baptized. Um, the simplest part is just in obedience to Jesus and in obedience to the gospel. But what you hear and what you see here with the Ethiopian eunuch really is a beautiful picture of, of Philip sharing the gospel, a divine intervention. If you're a follower of Jesus, you have experienced divine intervention in your life. God said, I love you. I choose you. You are mine and you will never not be mine again. Amen. So you have experienced that. And then, like these being baptized today, there was a direct gospel message, not just a message, but a message of divine origin that you responded to. Yes, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Because you come to that decision. The Holy Spirit brings you to that point of decision. And then... You follow Jesus Christ. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, yes, I believe. And I love the, um, I just love the scripture here and what God has done in the life of the Ethiopian eunuch. And by the way, we're in Acts chapter 8 here. And so now we have the gospel going back to Sudan in Africa, like AD 40 some, 50 some. So, so really, uh, just a few years after the death of Christ, not a whole lot of years after the death of Christ, we see the gospel, at, in this instance, going down um, into Africa to the Sudan. We see in other places going, um, we could go to Acts chapter 17 and talk about the gospel, the Syrian um, coming into the African Syrian coming into Christ and the gospel going into North Africa. So we see that God is doing his will. People are coming to know Christ. And I love the eunuch's enthusiasm. Look, water, what would prevent me from being baptized when he heard the gospel? So this morning, I would encourage you as we witness, as we witness the baptism, as you've heard the gospel, maybe for you it's just a time to say, Hey, praise God, I am a follower of Jesus. And you will spend the day being grateful. Or maybe you say, you know, I, I really just want to, to uh, uh, confess some apathy to the Lord and rededicate my life today, Lord. Thank you for the encouragement from your word. Or maybe you're not yet a follower of Jesus and you say, Pastor, you know, I don't know Jesus. I want to talk more about that. Uh, I would love to talk to you following the service. And by the way, if you stay and talk to me about Jesus, we're going to eat some fried chicken together. So what could be better? Je Jesus and fried chicken, y'all. Doesn't get any better than that. Amen? Amen? Yeah, see, somebody's awake or hungry, right? Hey, uh, at this time, uh, I think I'm going to, and then Morgan will lead us in some worship as the baptism candidates prepare um, for baptism, I am going to, um, we will baptize Olin, then Barry, and then Selena. Um, guys, there is a changing room in the tent in there. Um, 
And so the guys, you'll go in first. Selena, if you use it, we'll make sure the guys are out by then. And uh, if you brought flip-flops, that's good. Um, go, you know, walking to the back. If not, slip your shoes back on. Um, so I'm going to do this.